Hello, and thank you for joining us. The following is a question and answer session between the audience and panel recorded during the GPO Local Contracting Learning Lab at the ARM 16 Annual Conference. So as a manufacturer, we've seen a lot of changes uh, going on in the industry, and I appreciate everybody's comments, the differences between IDNs and GPOs, but we're starting to see a lot of health systems themselves develop what we call, or what we think of as like inter-GPO relationships themselves. For instance, Cleveland Clinic out of Ohio um, is working with Visi and, and they formed a physician engagement sourcing model called Accelerate. Do you see more health systems going that way um, and producing that for themselves? How about you, Joe or Mike? So I, I personally do because we've been almost forced into it as we've grown. So it's a natural deal. Again, I want to be clear, we're not running away from our GPO. We're trying to collaborate and we're trying to fill the gaps that they might have and we're trying to take the good things that they've done and maybe make them a little better with a smaller group. So I, I do, and, it, and if you'd have asked me a couple of years ago, I'd have said, boy, we're not interested at all, but because of our new growth strategy, it's pretty well forced us into it, and it's working, it's really working. I mean, our GPO is appreciating how we're doing it, we're appreciating the support from them, so it's a pretty good collaboration, at least at this time. Absolutely, that's why I brought it up. I thought it was a good way to present collaboration. Yep. Yeah, I think I may, um, you know, add to it. I mean, first of all, I think all of us in supply chain as practitioners need to look at our GPOs slash supply chain partners, right? Because some of these companies are doing much more than just GPO services. And, and recognize that they're partners and they're not our entire strategies, right? So we have to really use them as resources um, very um, strategically as part of our overall plan but not just abdicate responsibility and say if GPO doesn't offer it then I, I, had, I don't have this capability. It is our job in supply chain as leaders to have the full range of capabilities that our organizations need today and tomorrow and the companies that we partner with, the ones that we all know and the ones we don't even know, it's our job to align with as many as we need to to have the right set of capabilities or build it internally. Now what, back to your question why do they even do it is the fundamental question, right? So why does Cleveland Clinic go and do something like this? Why does Intermountain Healthcare buy a company called Marinette and turn it into Intelair? I mean, why do these things happen? I think that question has to be answered and it's probably a slightly different answer for every hospital system. So, and it comes back to what is the primary key of, did you do it because you want to create a non-traditional revenue stream and a capitated revenue market as a hospital system? Because it's a great way to take a very strong asset and supply chain, commercialize it, and extend it. That's a good reason. Um, you actually are leveraging your fixed asset base over a broader um, you know, set of customers. That makes a ton of sense. Your aim could be to actually elevate the healthcare supply chain profession, Intermountain's aim, right? We're gonna try to elevate the entire healthcare supply chain profession and extend some of our best practices through a channel called Intelair somewhere else. That's cool too, but very different than the other one. Um, there's lots of different reasons why, and I think asking these folks why they're doing it is really important to understand what's the rationale behind it. Is it to introduce a new capability set um, by putting one and one together, you get three, right? One plus one equals three, and that's why that partnership evolved? Great, that's, that works too. Um, IDN couldn't have done it by itself. It needs a partner to actually enable and unlock some value it couldn't have otherwise accomplished by itself. Maybe Pensiamo is a good example of that. Great. I mean, there are different aims for all these different things that are evolving out there. There's not a wrong answer, but the right answer is not for any one of these companies to say all of the above, right? That'd be the wrong answer. Yeah. Another question? 
I, I totally agree, agree that, that um, health systems at times need to take control of, of a category or, or a product. But it seems to me that, that I come to these meetings and more and more, all, not all hospitals, but many hospitals are just redoing the work that the GPO is doing. So, like, is there any work around that or that, that, that I mean, Group Purchasing 101 tells us that your 83-bed hospital aggregated with your 1,400-bed hospital should be able to drive a price that neither one of you need to touch, maybe through tiers or maybe through something else. But is there any work that you all are doing on, on that panel to say, let's get behind at least these basic contracts so we don't rework everything and add more cost to the system and to the manufacturers in the place? I mean, do you want to you want to respond to five GPO or five RFPs, or do you want a, a thousand RFPs? I, I just I struggle with that concept that in a subset of I'm not suggesting the entire supply chain, but to identify items that we really want to own the GPO relationship and let them work and have that leverage and not create a contract that is a starting point. Um, I I think I could probably speak to that. I know for my own health system. Um, we're very active um, with Legacy Innovation, and we let many of our contracts still go with that. We use the standardization programs that are in place for some of those categories, because you're right, I, I don't need to devote my time to renegotiating the patient plastics category. Um, so very much we follow that category. I think some of those categories, it's very easy for me to jump on what the national is doing, rather than trying to go out there and do those myself. Yeah, I'll jump in. So, um, do you want five RFPs or one? The answer is, I would think most suppliers want one. But the issue is, when you do that one, you don't always give that best price. So, that's when a regional group will get together and do some benchmarking and say, well, that price is okay, but I know I can do better. So now, I, on, on... I, I agree with your concept, okay. Mike, but if... If the manufacturer committee or community knew that which everyone was going to support it and the winner was going to drive it, absolutely. But I think that yeah. I think some of those get broken down. Because yeah. if, if a manufacturer has to hedge what they do in a group purchasing situation, it, yeah. No, so it's a, it's a it's a nice big game, and sometimes we like playing it, and sometimes wasting our time. But I think what more and more GPOs are realizing, and just from our experience, uh, when you say if you go to that manufacturer or manufacturers, and you know exactly what you're going to deliver. So in, in our recent past, we did what we call pre-commits. So when we brought something to the table with our GPO. We lined up all the IDNs that belonged to that group that said, I promise I will commit to this. And when usually when we did that, the savings were double than the normal, but when that deal was done, as a manufacturer, you either got it all or you lost it all. And so that model literally prevented rework. And so if we could get, if we could get a little smarter and do that more or figure out how to get that best price, from the beginning, we wouldn't have to redo it. Now, you know, on the other side, you know, I always like to think, my God, I have the best price. But you know what? 
in my 40 years, I've been proven wrong so many times that I never think anymore that I have the best. But do I have something good enough for now? You know, but all joking aside, it, it's a tough world. You know, my job is to get the best value, the best outcomes at the best price. Your job as a supplier, and, and I give it to you, your job is to increase the profits of your corporation and that's not by necessarily reducing the price all at one time. And, and that's the game. So if we ever could figure out together and really collaborate, which federal government doesn't always like us to do, but I know Christus has figured out how to get competitors working together on answers. If we could figure all that out, we would take a lot of waste out. For now, it's the challenge, the, the reason we exist at the regional level is we absolutely have found more value and it's not that we do it totally ourselves, and, and you mentioned Cleveland Clinic, Mayo, and us. We're not doing the back office stuff. We're using our GPO to do all of that. So we're basically doing driving, you know, the, the negotiation, but all that extra work is still being done by the people, you know, who are doing it for the GPO. So it's not, that stuff at least is not duplicated. But at the end of the day, it's, I mean, you know, it's going to take us a while. We don't trust each other 100%. And you're trying to do, the, the, the manufacturers are trying to maximize their returns for their stockholders for the company. I'm trying to get the best value um, for my hospitals. And those two, you know, don't go hand in hand all the time. And, you know, the smarter we can get and the more we can find that without causing a lot of hassles, the better off we're going to be. But I'm, today I'll admit I'm not smart enough to solve all of that. And so I'm still rocking and rolling. And, working it every day, trying to get a better deal and better deal, and at the same time, trying to drive what we all talked about, that clinical alignment, and begin to figure out price is one thing, but boy, what else can we do to really lower costs? And I think that's the next step. And the vendors that help bring that to the table for us, I think are gonna be the winners. So Michael, I might um, just ex expand on that a little bit. I wanna really address your question. and show where we're similar and then even show where we're not the same as a provider. So no Intelair hat, this is Intermountain hat. Um, imagine a world when Intermountain, for example, Craig, we have 58 categories or something like that, right? Let's just call it 60 to keep the math simple on this. And imagine a two by two, because I can't do anything without a two by two. My team will laugh, they know this, right? If it doesn't fit in a two by two, I can't function. So imagine a two by two, and I want you to think about the dimensions of this. One dimension is, um, do we use the same specifications across multiple customers, yes or no, right? So are the products that we use and the specifications that we use within those products relatively similar, yes or no? Um, and the other dimension is, will the suppliers allow um, aggregation? Because I know that a lot of us in this room, we kind of you know, wouldn't be sitting here if we didn't, but I bet you Coca-Cola is not sitting in here. Because Coca-Cola will not allow you to aggregate no matter who you are, no matter how big you are, even though their products are undifferentiated from anyone who buys them, right? So no matter who you are as a buyer, you're buying the same can of Coca-Cola, but they will not allow you to aggregate their purchases. They will not allow you to buy together. It doesn't matter who you are in the whole world, right? So will the supplier allow you to aggregate, yes or no? By the way, Cerner will not allow you to actually get together and buy Cerner as a group purchasing organization. Doesn't happen, right? That all makes sense to everyone? So you got this two by two. Imagine dropping 15 of each of the categories in each of those quadrants. 15 fit in the yes, yes, suppliers will allow aggregation, and the specifications of what we buy is relatively similar. 
That is what GPOs have been focused on. Probably is what they should be focused on. The other 70%, um, not only of the categories, but of the spend, is I think where the opportunity is and what we keep kind of commingling all the time. That's where you have other scenarios that need to be really managed very, very carefully. Um, the ideal answer is that they should all be mutually exclusive. So if we are choosing the GPO as our partner for 15 categories in the yes, yes quadrant, then Intermountain Healthcare should not be negotiating those. Never, ever touching those. We should take to our GPO and say, this is yours to manage. It is our expectation for you to manage that in every dimension of that category for us. What is the service going to give us? How much are we paying you for that service? That should ideally be how it is. So we have no intention of renegotiating those contracts in those categories. That's the, that's the intent. They should be mutually exclusive. We might go to, I don't know, advisory board in one other quadrant, the no-no category, because it needs to be negotiated directly. Or we might go to Accenture when we're looking at a big system like an ERP system, and they're going to help us choose the right solution for an ERP system. And Accenture is going to become the equivalent of a GPO, but they don't use the same tactics. They're going to help us choose the best ERP system um, and help us um, go through that entire process. Different tools for different categories, and you always lean on one partner. You don't cherry pick your partners. You lean on your supply chain solution providers for the given strategies, and the strategies are not the same in those four quadrants. And I think a lot of times we just think it's one big quadrant, and we apply the same tools to very different scenarios. That is a fallacy that we all have in healthcare supply chain. Anyone else have a question? If not, let me comment on that. So, you know, <laughs> Joe's old boss, Brent Johnson, and I always compared each other. We tried to up one each other. But so now that, <laughs> Joe, now that Joe's in that position, so I, I want to tell you, you said Coke won't aggregate. Well, I'm here to tell you we did a Coke deal and it is aggregated. Good for you. And yeah. it is for all, it's available for all of our 72 affiliates. Uh -huh. um, when you say Cerner, uh -huh. so I don't care about Cerner, but it's it's comparable Epic. Mm -hmm. So not only is Epic allowing us to aggregate, but they've allowed us to go out and sell Epic to hospitals. Okay. Uh, we, at one point, were their number one client. So literally, we are reselling Epic to other hospitals okay. in our affiliation. In fact, our latest group, literally, we knocked off $42 million from the price yeah, that Epic was selling to them. But they literally said, you know, if you can do that, do it. In fact, we're going to let you do all the installation and all. So those things are happening. And that's the fun part of healthcare today. Um, you know, and I'm just kind of one of those guys, you tell me it can't be done, I'm going to figure out how to do it. So uh, just for those two things, yeah, and, sure. and please let Brent know I'm continuing to, <laughs> to try to one-up Intermountain Health, although I have a no, lot of respect it. for you guys. You, you are way ahead of us on the Gardener. Oh, no, no, no. Not, uh, this is actually really good. It's good to yeah. learn. And I got to tell you, you said you lost one person to Amazon. We've lost two. But no, the good news is nobody lasts at Amazon more than a few years. And we're on the verge of at least getting one of those back. <laughs> no, All right. I mean, what I would, what I would say, yeah, we have some, we have some questions here. Um, is this is like really wildly important for us all to understand um, the different perspectives. Like I, I actually think that's incredible. So, um, at Intermountain, our perspective on this is that when we price benchmark, and this is so wildly important, when we price benchmark, we are not yet negotiating. We are only looking and peeking at what everyone else is getting and getting what everyone else, I mean, has paid for something comparable. So we're no longer negotiating. We're just asking for fairness in a transparent market. 
That's not negotiating, that's not sourcing. That's what largely happens in a lot of aggregated categories. So even if something has been aggregated, it doesn't mean you're getting the right price, it means you're getting the price of everyone else um, in a comparable situation. So even if Cerner's aggregated, I don't know if that's the right price that right, Michael's getting. I just know he's probably getting the price of somebody else who bought the collective system with Cerner worth that price point, or per, that volume amount with Cerner. What I would say is beyond that, imagine if you get into what does compliance bring you um, or alignment, and then beyond that, value analysis and value engineering. Imagine sitting down with suppliers and saying, this product is comprised of 15 attributes, only 13 of which I care about. How much would it cost for you to actually take those two attributes out of the product and you now have taken cost out of the equation that I was no longer willing to pay for and you're no longer incurring as a manufacturer. Now what? Right Now I've actually taken the cost of healthcare down for attributes and products that customers, our economic customer, our patients are no longer willing to pay for and are not valuing from. That's where the conversation I think gets real and we can really start negotiating very tangibly. Um, comparing prices I think is the starting point, um, not the finish line. This isn't a question, it's more, it's more of an ask for a comment from all four of you because each of you present a very, very different perspective on what we're all trying to accomplish here in the room. So I know that all of you are very, very dedicated to ARM and to, to ARM's membership and constituency. Uh, many of you have taken active parts of growing ARM to what it is today and I thank you for that. But what I'd like to ask you is how do we take those different perspectives that each of your organizations have and how do you help us take those best practices that you have and the challenges and differences that you have and that we can absorb those and learn how to make our organizations best practices and it's yeah, a great question so I mean the first answer is you know what we're doing right now we're sharing what we've done where we've come from our thoughts um, and and I know uh, all of us probably are the same that People call us all the time and want to come visit us, and we allow you know anybody to come. We happen to be a little better at a couple things, but you know what? What I find is everybody that comes, I learn something from them, so it's a two-way street. Uh, when I look at our 72-member hospitals, even though we've brought them something pretty valuable for them, millions of dollars, I gotta tell you, we've learned something from almost every one of them. They've done something differently. And in our arena, when we have a, a, um, an operating committee, I've been really surprised. We'll have CEOs, COOs, and a lot of CFOs that show up, not just the materials managers. And boy, those CFOs today are hungrier than ever. Mike, can you also do this? Can you work on this? I mean, it's full speed ahead. So my hope is this is a great example of what we're doing, but I think we all, we're all trying to publish, we're all trying to present and share because at the same time, you know, uh, I, I know when I called Jim, he was pretty nice. He was able to, you know, share stuff with me. So uh, at least that's my answer. This, this is a great example. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah I think Please. he wants us to all oh, yeah, go, go down the road here. Jim needs some luck. No, it's okay. I, I've enjoyed watching, you know, from up here. Um, yeah, I would, you know, I'm going to speak to the providers in the room. And, and what I would tell you to do is do your homework and really understand the various options you have today. Because a lot of times what I hear is, well, you all are the same, you all are this, you all are that, and, and, and it's not true. There are very 
radical differences between the national GPOs today, and there are just as radical differences in, in the, the regional purchasing coalitions and some of these creative models that are being created. Um, I've, I've yet to see two that look the same, um, that operate the same, that, that work under the same model and governance structure and, and, and have the same level of, of effectiveness and efficiency, right? And I, you know, the supplier community is all sitting there going, yeah, we, we, we feel your pain, buddy. But do your homework and, and understand, you know, not only the, the various models that are out there, but understand where your culture is today, where your facility or IDN's model is today, and then see what best aligns with your needs at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody up here that's going to argue that the traditional GPO, national GPO, is... is uh, is the best thing since sliced bread anymore. It's out, it outlived its, its usefulness. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, and I can say that because if, if you do your homework and look at Health Trust, you, you'll see that, that that is not Health Trust model. Um, but do your homework. I think that's, that's what I would recommend. You know, that way you understand not only yourselves and, and where, what you think you can do, but then find the model, whether that's an RPC model, whether that's a national GPO model, whether it's some hybrid. Because to Joe's point, various categories, different categories are different. And I think some categories fit in a, into a national model very well. I think other categories fit into more of a regional or local um, you know, aggregation and or contracting strategy very well. Uh, I would argue that it's probably bigger than 25% inside of Health Trust that, that we can drive value for our membership at a national level. Is it 80 or 90? No. But I'll bet you it's 50, maybe even 60 inside of Health Trust. That our membership can take those contracts and run with them, and run with them well in an aligned model that really values compliance. That the suppliers, that value is coming from the suppliers, frankly. They value the fact that that that's an aligned model and it's, it's an aggregated model and, it's, and it's, it makes their lives easier, it makes our members' lives easier and, it, and, and it's a win-win for everybody. So um, again, you know, do your homework and understand the various models. Okay. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah, okay. um, yeah you know, I, I think the best thing we can do is come to ARM every year and learn from each other and, and you know, and, and have panels like this so we can see what's available and talk to our, our peers and see what they're doing and, and uh, you know, try to put it all together uh, that way. I, I, I don't think there's any automated way to make it happen, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's all about talking to your peers and seeing what they're doing different and learning from that and taking it back to your organization and doing what you can there. Hi, Bob. I've come from outside healthcare as of eight years ago. And the one thing I really love about this industry, and most of, most of you probably know this, I lost both my parents in two different healthcare systems four months apart, and it's what inspired me to come into this industry and make a difference. And um, what I love about this industry is the ability to collaborate. There's a platform to do it. The industries I came from, you would never sit down with companies that are deemed your competitors and talk about how to improve something as fundamental as your supply chain operations. In this industry, we have that opportunity, not just this forum, 
all the time, 365 days um, a year, frankly. So I would say our door is open at Intermountain Healthcare for those conversations, not just here, not just at SMI, not just at any, I mean, pick a form, it's, it's open every day. And, um, and I think that's, um, that goes across the entire industry in almost every possible connection that we can create. I mean, suppliers collaborate with each other. There's um, customer advisory boards that suppliers are setting up. We have supplier um, you know, advisory um, councils ourselves in Intermountain Healthcare. We have tons of IDNs and systems and hospitals and providers that come and visit us to learn about what we do in supply chain. We learn as much as we share. Um, so I would say this, we should not take for granted that environment that we've created in healthcare, we have in healthcare, and just fully lean into it. We hope this bonus session was informative. For more educational offerings like this, please go to learning.arm.org. Thanks for listening.